Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the show on the docket this hour. We're going to talk NBA playoffs and Pelicans to Jake Madison in just a second. And then we'll get into the question that I posed on our Facebook Live video and in my blog today. Would LSU fans support Scott Woodward, the new AD that has so much political capital and cachet right now, if he decides to fire Will Wade? I'm going to bring that up because I had those conversations with multiple people today, and the answer was surprising to me anyways. Also, new Superdome renovations on the way, big-time renovations on the way. We'll get into that and why certainly a good thing not only for the saints but also for the city but let's bring on in jake madison host of the locked on pelicans podcast of course on twitter at nola jake jake it's been a while buddy what's going on talking to basketball with you yeah look me too um let's get to oh i don't know where to start i was going to start nba playoffs but i, I want to ask you first uh david griffin have you been as impressed as i have with his first couple of weeks here seems like he's doing exactly what he told us in that um, introductory press conference, which is I'm going to kind of completely rebuild this franchise in my image. And they gave me the power to do so. And it seems like both of those things were true. Yeah. He's been impressive since the moment he stepped up to the podium at that introductory press conference and kind of stated his vision for this franchise and what he wanted to do. Like you said, he's going out and executing that right now. And he has enough capital around the league that he can accomplish these type of things where someone maybe someone else maybe wouldn't be able to do that. Getting Aaron Nelson, the head trainer for the Phoenix Suns, is a huge coup for David Griffin. That's maybe where they needed to send a message to the rest of the league. They've been thought of kind of as the also-rans when it comes to the medical department. Sharing staff with the Saints, you know, Misty Surrey, who's their head athletic trainer and doctor was fired by the saints with the issue with delvin bro he stayed here with the pelicans it hasn't been a really good look they've had a number of injuries often leading the league in games missed due to injury every single year that should at least change now going forward and this maybe more than any other move is what's going to add victories to the pelicans next season so explain if you can why aaron nelson is such a big hire and and why you believe that maybe, and I don't want to put words in your mouth if you don't believe this, but why you might believe that he is going to make that difference with the training staff and with the reduction of injuries in the future. So for, for many years, and he's been their head athletic trainer for 19 years with the Phoenix Sun, they've just been known as the team and organization that's kind of been at the forefront uh, of player recovery and just kind of on the cutting edge using different types of technology that maybe wasn't uh, all around the league and being the first team to kind of use all of that. And Aaron Nelson's been presiding over that for a number of times. If you look at some of the guys that he's gotten a lot of mileage out of, maybe when they were past their primes, a guy like Steve Nash, who won two MVPs there, uh, Shaquille O'Neal has said that that's the guy who kind of saved and resurrected his career at the time. 
that he takes these older aging guys, keeps them healthy, and they go on to have career years because they're just better uh, recovered. And I think that's a big thing. You know, the Pelicans this year started using some new technology, wearable technology, to kind of monitor Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, among some other players, a little bit more. But when those bands and all the things they were wearing started giving off the big red warning signs, they kind of threw that all off to the side and said, well, we need you guys to play these minutes, so let's go and do it. Aaron Nelson's going to come in and make sure these guys are fresh. 82 games is a long, long season. You need guys healthy at the beginning, the middle, and end. And Aaron Nelson's the type of guy, at least based off his track record around the league, that's able to get that for you. And it seems like, yeah, revolutionary because of the, the 30 for 30 on ESPN and, and everybody in the league. I even saw players tweeting and posting on Instagram. There's their surprise about Aaron Nelson. It's it's pretty rare when you get a you know a head trainer that makes news like this. In fact, I can't remember the last time that, other than I guess you know the firing, like you said, of of Missy Sturry and the Osher staff from the Saints that that it made news like this, Jake. No, you, you, you know trainers and medical staff and support staff for a team for one of two things. They're either really, really good or they're really, really bad. There's no in-between on this. So the fact that Aaron Nelson is, I don't want to say a household name, but if you're an NBA junkie, it's a name or, or the type of person that you're familiar with. And now he's coming to New Orleans, a team that hasn't been able to attract top talent on the court and not necessarily top talent in the front office either. Now he wants to come here and work with this team, work under David Griffin. That's a real great thing to see. I think you even see it in terms of the other front office move that didn't end up happening. And that's Clippers assistant GM Trent Redden not accepting a job offer here in New Orleans after spending a couple of days in interviewing and seeing if there would be a good fit. But all of a sudden, these are names that people know of that are thought of well around the league that maybe have a chance at coming to New Orleans or accepting jobs here in New Orleans. That in and of itself is a huge shift. Who are some of those names, Jake? I mean, Trent Redden's the obvious name. Um, that that we've we've heard about. You've, you're going to hear some other ones. They reached out to Gerson Rosas, who they interviewed for their, uh, you know, the president of basketball operations position, and then asked if maybe he wanted to come in and be the GM and work under David Griffin. He's now running the shop over there in Minnesota, so this wouldn't really work out for him. But you, it, it's all the top names. They've talked to Trajan Langdon about it too, and they just need to kind of wait and see who's willing to maybe come here, take that GM role. That GM role, of course, is not the ultimate decision maker. They're not the person running the show that's going to be david griffin he's got the final word and the final say and everything follows his direction so it's not a traditional gm position which i think is maybe scaring some people off around the league yes you get the job title you probably get some more money but ultimately it's not you kind of running things how you want which is what a lot of these guys want rosas is one in particular he was the gm of the dallas mavericks a number of years ago and quit after three months because he didn't have the ultimate decision making power that he wanted so i think now the way they're looking at it is maybe just hiring a lot of young and up-and-coming guys, guys that are good scouts, guys that are big in analytics, and just filling the staff out, not necessarily with those top, top names around the league, but a lot of talent and trying to make up for that maybe in quantity compared to maybe the absolute top in terms of quality. Hmm. Young guy, loves analytics, loves basketball. Uh, Jake Madison, ever think about getting into an NBA front office? (laughs) I I think there's far, far more qualified (laughs) people out there uh but you're tall maybe i'd sign you to a 10-day contract <laughs> there you go uh jake madison host of the locked on pelicans podcast with us here on the last lab at nola jake on twitter are you hearing anything about david griffin's talks with rich paul clutch sports and anthony davis and if that situation has changed at all 
when a couple you know a month ago that we all believed that it was a done deal that Anthony Davis is gone. Is it still that? You know, I'm inclined to believe that, yes, it's still going to be a done deal that he's gone, but there's no harm in trying, and David Griffin's doing what he should do, which is start to make changes and then get a meeting with Anthony Davis and say, look what I've done in the short period of time that I've been here. This is my plan going forward. Are you going to buy in? It seems like they're planning to meet at some point this month in person, maybe get Rich Paul, David Griffin, and Anthony Davis all in a room together. And I think David Griffin's being smart by being a little bit hands-off with Anthony Davis right now. As far as I'm aware, they haven't really had a deep conversation over the phone um, either. So make some of these changes. Show that this is a different organization than it was just a month or two ago. And then try and sell him on that going forward. If this is a guy who wants to win as much as he says he does, and I do truly believe that, that he's someone who's hyper-aware of his legacy, you know, you can repair the bridges here. And this might be his best chance to win. The Lakers still don't have a head coach. Their front office is in a bit of disarray. It doesn't look like that's going to get turned around necessarily this coming year, where it looks like New Orleans Pelicans might be. So if he truly wants to win, this is going to potentially be his best option. So now that David Griffin's making these big moves, and don't forget, Anthony Davis has a pretty long and storied injury history at this point, bringing in a new medical staff, saying they can rejuvenate you, keep you healthy, keep you out on the court more, that's going to help us win more. There could be an easy sell in there potentially, but, but of course, I think it's a little too far gone. I think Anthony Davis has kind of burned those bridges. He doesn't strike me as the guy who wants to kind of turn around on what he said and come back into the fold. There were some other issues with the team that maybe are kind of being repaired by showing that they're truly committed to winning, but it has only been a month. It's not going to be that long track record that you think can necessarily be kept up the entire time if you're him. And I think that's ultimately going to keep him away from New Orleans and not let us see a reconciliation. Well, maybe if we just lay a a Pelicans jersey out for him because he doesn't choose his own clothes, he'll just put that on and and stay here. Is is it easy as easy as that, Jake? Uh, You know, that could work when whatever (laughs) next team he's on comes to New Orleans and you just confuse him a little bit. So you put out his old 23 Pelicans jersey, the red one in particular. He puts it on, and that means he's got to play for the team, at least in that game, right? Those are the rules. That's That's the rules, then, yeah. He doesn't doesn't choose his own clothes. He's told us that. It's not his fault. Uh, I am curious, with Jason Tatum, um, dreadful playoff run that he's having, and really late in the season as well, and, of course, the Celtics were – the the team that's linked most with a possible Anthony Davis trade this summer does that hurt that possibility of a Pelicans Celtics trade with Jason Tatum involved or maybe does it help it Jake you know it, I, I think it keep it, you could go either way on this you know don't forget he had a very good first round series against the Indiana Pacers it's been the series with Milwaukee that is now one one so two games that he struggled the the beginning part of the playoffs he was very good for the team outpacing his playoff numbers from a season ago. So I think that's a good thing to see. You know, I see why some people aren't very high on Jason Tatum. You know, he he doesn't take over games like you'd want him to. Um, Even when Kyrie's not out there on the court, the jumper's not as consistent as it could be. And I understand why some people maybe like Jalen Brown, his teammate, a little bit more. So I think it comes down to just you get to pick if it's a a trade with the Celtics that you're considering or that you want to do. You pick either one of those guys, and they're the centerpiece of the trade. And I understand the pros and cons of both, to be honest. So, you know, I think him playing poorly doesn't necessarily help a trade happen. I don't think it hurts a trade happen because if you're basing this trade and what you want to give back and forth on all of this on just two games so far, though it's being a little too short-sighted, a little too knee-jerky for me, and that would make me concerned about David 
Griffin. And right now, we don't really have many concerns about him, so I don't think that's the approach that he's going to take. Okay, there you go. And I'm the anti-knee-jerk guy, so I'm going to I'm going to get off of that. Uh, maybe I was knee-jerk after Game One of the Raptors Sixers series, where I thought, oh boy, uh, the Sixers team. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to handle the Raptors. I always thought it would go six or seven. I was telling uh, Carter Bryant that earlier, but I thought. Toronto would win that series in six or seven, but with the way the Sixers are playing tonight, it's 102-84 right now, halfway through the fourth quarter. I, the Sixers are not only running away in this game, but heck, Jake, maybe they run away with a series. You know, this this is a weird one because the the Toronto Raptors are so predictable in the playoffs with, with, with what's going to happen. They, they basically just kind of lay an egg routinely, and you're seeing it from Kyle Lowry, and he did it in the first round in game one against the Orlando Magic, where I don't think he scored a point from the field. And now you're seeing it in this game right now. This is a dude who's playing almost 37 minutes in this game, and he has seven points. He's two of nine from the field as I'm speaking right now, 22.2%. That's not going to get it done. This is a guy who shows up so well during the regular season and in the playoffs for his entire career just doesn't really make a big appearance and play at the level that you need him to play to win. He's a key cog to that team. And if he's going to play like this and it's just become a thing season after season, they're not going to go anywhere. And we thought maybe, you know, after winning game one in this series in the second round against the Philadelphia 76ers, maybe they kind of put that all in the past. He had a very good game in that one, but Nope, this is what you're seeing. It's just unfortunately what the what the Toronto Raptors do. Yeah, right. It's a, uh, every single year it seems like. Uh, is that Rockets Warriors series over, man? Yeah, I mean it feels like it. Game one with with the refs and the role that that played and the complaining after, and it, it just seems like they're so out of their game, out of their element right now. Um, and not doing what makes them successful, which is getting to the free throw line and kind of getting those cheap, ticky-tacky fouls that they've relied on all season. You know, I think the refs have a good chunk of that, but I think you're seeing these guys kind of lose their composure, lose their cool, and instead of adjusting, just kind of decide to complain a little bit more and double down what they're doing. That's not going to work. Obviously, they're down 0-2 because of that. If they don't make some significant adjustments – they're done. It also doesn't help that Draymond Green looks healthy right now. He's playing some of the best basketball of his career and is just an absolute monster on the defensive side of the ball again, which we really haven't seen from him these past two seasons. He can disrupt that pick and roll with James Harden and Clint Capella. He can defend out on the perimeter. It's a bit of a game changer for the Golden State Warriors. Not that they needed another one, but that basically means maybe it's Golden State in five instead of this game going to six or seven. Jake Madison, Locked on Pelicans podcast. You can find that every day, every week, and, of course, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Uh, buddy, I guess we'll see you maybe for one of these X-Wing regionals soon. Uh, Brian in Mid-City was, was texting me, said, uh, talk a little crap to you, apparently. He wanted me to, but I, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's for another time. There you go. All right, dude. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Seth. All right. We'll take a break. Coming back with more, it's the last lap on WWL. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.